You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. A star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kill Me Now. I'm your host, Judy Gold, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We are uh, recording in my in my apartment. You know, I enjoy that now. I can't stand going to the recording studio. I can't stand it. It's like a fucking closet. I was already spent enough time in the closet. So here we are. So there will be interruptions. There will be sirens. Don't think I don't know that you're taking a fucking video right now. Aliza. Aliza Rosen oh, is here. Um, well, she's not the guest. I'm the no, guest. No, she's Fuck not Aliza. Aliza's taking here. Taking pictures from um, the side of us at an angle. A-L-I-Z-A. Aliza. She's taking silhouette photos. Uh, she's out of her fucking mind. Anyway. Why? So stand here's the there, deal. Stand here. No. Uh, I am here um, this week and next week's guest is is H. Allen Scott. Um, Hello. Thank you. H. Allen Scott, who has this new film out, Latter Day Jew. He is a writer. He is a comic. He's a he's an all around podcaster. He's gay yeah. and he's a Jew. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You know, I usually do my kill me now moment at the end, which I will. We'll yeah. do a kill me now moment yeah. at the end. I'm ready. Let's I'm die. I'm going to start my my first my kill me now moment. Two things. Um, Aliza walks in here. <laughs> Aliza's the director of the movie, we should yeah, say. Yeah, Aliza yes. Rosen, director of the movie. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll be attaching another microphone very soon. But yeah. here's the deal. She walks in my apartment. Look, I'm not fancy. I'm not a fancy person. You have a lovely home. I have a, you know, I have an apartment. It's, yes. it's inexpensive. Since 1989. 1989, rent stabilized. Yeah. I, there are so many things I fucking hate about You're it. You're the New York story. Elevator. Right. The godparents live down the hall. I mean, it's a very, you know, it's not big. Yeah. I have a house in Provincetown that I bought in 94. Mm. That's an okay, that's, you know. That's your bragging right. But it still needs to be updated. It's fucking old. Anyway, so... Aliza walks in and says, oh, oh, this is cute. Okay. Cozy. I want, Cozy. wait, first Cozy. of all, Aliza, 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 and this is my Jew bell. Okay. <laughs> first of all, the fact, and it was just like, cause you know, where do you live? LA. She lives in LA. Yeah. That's right. Uh, she has relatives here though. I met your, yeah, she's from here. York, yeah. She's from, yeah. She got married. She got some money. And she, yeah, and now she's in, and, oh, this is cute. She like, drives a Tesla. Right, so it's basically that, you know, I moved on, and you you haven't. You, you stayed in 1989. Sure, you're cute little apartment. <laughs> cozy, it's cozy. You have one bathroom that's it's cute. It's cozy. Oh, that's my God. So cute. Okay, so <laughs> that's all I have to say. Now, um, oh, God. H. Allen. I love um, you. I love you. Now, your movie, Latter Day Jew, yes, is great. It's a oh, documentary, and you're and in it. I'm in it, and um, I mean, not for the whole. It's not the Judy Gold show. 
No. But you're I, in a very but important But I'm in part. it, and I'm in it again. Yeah. It's like, a, it's great. Here's the deal. When people say HL, first of all, your mother calls you Scott. What the fuck well, is that? let me explain that. Okay, so my legal name is Scott Allen Honinger. But when I started doing stand-up in St. Louis, I would do like Cedric Scott Beard. Ellen? Yeah, no, when I started, Allen. Oh, Allen. Allen. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And so when I started doing stand-up, people kept saying my last name really inappropriately. It's like spelled what? H-O-E-N-I-N-G-E-R, but people often say Ho-N-Word. Don't want to say it. And... You get where that goes. What is I hate everyone. And so it, it distracts from the set. People obsess right. over it. So I changed right. my name to H. Allen Scott. And I've been, people have called me H. Allen Scott since college. So you took the H from your last name and, just and, and put it in the front. Yep. And What's then the Allen mm-hmm. uh, is, is your middle name. Yes. And then you made Scott your last. That's very sad. Ah! <laughs> okay. Kill me now. All right. Kill me now. So what What? What do you consider? I mean, you're a writer. Yeah. You're a comic. Yeah. You're a satirist. You're a f- now a filmmaker. Uh, what, yeah. what would you... Well, Eliza. Yeah, she's the filmmaker. I'm the... Subject of the a monkey. film. The monkey, yeah. What would you consider yourself... Like if you had to say, you know, like, when they were, they're like, oh, we need a 10 word bio. Oh, yeah. I would say I'm a writer comedian. Okay. I mean, that's what I am. Like and I, you comedy are, is my first right. and foremost everything. Right. It's where I come from with everything I do. Right. Um, you grew up in Missouri. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri, Missouri. You say Missouri in St. Louis. I know. I but, just did that on purpose to yeah. be an asshole. Um, <laughs> and... You grew up Mormon. Yeah, it's the second place. Missouri is the second place Mormons went. They left Rochester, New York. York. They went to Jackson County, Missouri. Right. And then they went to Utah. My family are survivors. Um, Now, all I have to say is, like, I do a whole bit about Mormons in my act. Um, One of them, because most people think that Mormonism was uh, created in Utah, but it was created in upstate New York. Upstate New York. So I have a joke about how God got on 87 and then 287. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to start a new religion. John Smith or Joe Smith. Smith. Oh, Joseph. Joseph Fuck, I call him John Smith. He was a seeker in New York. Right. He got banned by the state of New York for falsely claiming that crops would grow for farmers. That's what he would do. He would make, he'd put rocks in a hat and he would like predict when farmers' crops would grow. The state of New York banned him from doing that and he needed another job and he created Mormonism. That's literally how it happened. Wait, he put rocks in his hat? Yeah, he would take like rocks and put them in his hat and then he would like see into the rocks. This was at a time when like people were like experimenting with religions and they were open to all kinds right, of right, stuff. Right. And he would tell the farmers when their crops would grow. And one really rich crop person, farmer, would didn't their crops didn't grow. They sued him and the state of New York was like, you can't do this anymore. And then all of a sudden, you know, Angel Moroni met him in his backyard and boom, he has the Book of Mormon. Okay, so... I have a question. Yeah. What this was a little over a hundred years ago, maybe this early eighteen hundreds, eh, like mid. It was like in eighteen. 18- I thought it was the late eighteen hundreds. No, it's no. pretty new religion. It is really new. Yeah, yeah. you can't. He ran the for new president, religions think, are not around when Abraham Lincoln was around. Right. There, there's no new that religion. Date. Like that's yeah. it. We're yeah. done. You don't create We're new done. fucking religions. Scientology. Move on. Uh, right. Yes. And these evangelicals, like, get the fuck. No. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And this born again. More, no, oh, you were always, yeah. you were always there. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with no. this shit. I mean, but yeah. like, but the, it's it's the first like successful American religion, basically. Right, and and there's so many great people who are Mormons. Oh yeah, and smart. And I'm oh, like, Mormons are great people. They I know, but people. I just can't believe. Like for me, 
I'm always like, but how do you follow this yeah. Book of Mormon? Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing that a lot of progressive Mormons are struggling with. Because right. the church is becoming so strict right. that they can't, they don't see a place for themselves right. in the mix. And there's right. a couple in the film that we talk about. Yes, that yes, yes. Had that. that the, I'm fascinated by yeah, them. They're fascinated. fascinated. I really need to discuss them yeah. at some point, but not right now. Okay, so you grew up in Missouri. How many yes. kids in your family? Well, I have three immediate brothers, but my parents separated. My mom was a horrible Mormon. My parents separated, and so I have a lot of half and step siblings. How but many? I, uh, 13 total. Yeah. What? That's fucking ridiculous. But I don't even know half of them. In fact, I found out That's one of like them. That's like being a Hasidic Jew. Yeah. Good night. It's similar. Yeah. <laughs> there was one found me from a TV show. I did this show called Oddities years ago, like some reality show. Why, why do you have to? And, um, well, I'm name not plugging. Drop. I'm not plugging. Name drop Oddities. No, she I'm saw kidding. me on Oddities. She looked me up on Facebook. She looked through all my stuff. She saw that we had relatives in common. And then I, she started messaging me, and I was like, oh, your dad is my dad. And no way. Yeah. yeah. Do you look alike? No, no. He left her years ago. So you're wait. So your mom was married to your dad. Yeah. Had how many? Three kids. Four kids. Four kids. Yeah. Okay. And then what happened? And then they divorced. And was he Mormon too? Your father? He was not Mormon. He was like a lapsed Catholic. Okay. So how long were they married? How old were you when they got divorced? Uh, I was like six. Okay. So you don't fucking remember. Yeah. I don't really. And then we lived with him because my mom didn't have much money then, and so they gave custody to him. And for four years we lived with him, and then we moved in with my mom, and he. Just left. I don't really have much of a relationship. So with you them. were with him till you're ten, and yeah, then basically. he disappears. Yeah, and then uh, you're living with your mother. And that's when I got baptized Mormon. When I moved in with my mom. Oh, so but you we didn't were really. Raised, but we were raised Mormon with my dad and my mom. That was the one thing my so mom you're, said. So you're... my dad took us to, and I remember being like six years old at like Mormon camp, and them because I was so gay then. I was so gay, and the, oh, as opposed to now, I know, right? And they would look at my nail beds and my lips, and they would be like, "Why are you wearing nail polish?" And I was like, "My nails are just pink." But they were trying to infer right. that I was doing these women things like I was I was being womanly and uh, just to talk about me being effeminate and they said I wore lipstick and I'm like no I don't I'm six years old I don't I don't even have women oh, at fuck home them yeah it was a I whole made thing. every I've already discussed this on the podcast but you know I made everyone call me Robert I cut all my hair off yeah. I mean it was just you know you, you there was no representation you didn't no. know what how to fucking because no, you knew you're you're born this way yeah and then you don't know what it is until you're an adolescent you yeah. go oh when puberty hits yeah when yeah. You, and that but the whole time you're like not developing like you're not mm-hmm. doing the it's like i want to mow the lawn everything yeah exactly i want to i want to shovel this i want to play with my cars downstairs i don't want to fucking knit i don't want to fucking learn we how to just, sew. i can't eat yeah i was just talking to someone else about my mom just recently remembered a time when she thought that the mormons were coming for conversion therapy for me but she didn't know it was conversion therapy because of course I don't call it that. She, I was like 10 years old and, or a little bit older than that. And they came to speak with my mom about this sort of like camp that Mormons boys could go to, to, you know, become great Mormons and stuff. And my mom sat there and was like, well, you know, literally your former show, Rosie O'Donnell's show, he's a big fan of daytime TV and it's summer break and he would hate to miss daytime TV. So I don't think he can go to this camp. It literally, she now thinks, was a conversion therapy camp. I for bet it was. Little boys. I bet it was. And my love of the Rosie O'Donnell show kept me from conversion therapy. That that's is a fucking headline. Great. I should turn that into a Vice and, article. You know, or something, I always I? say, I always say, um, if people, are, we used to say it 
during the show. If people knew how gay this show was, yeah. that everyone, John McDaniel, can I tell Rosie, you, he's from my we, hometown. Yeah, Kirkwood, oh, really? Missouri. Yeah, yeah, I graduated it, from my we, hometown. Everyone, can I tell you how much of an influence that show had on me and just my comic sensibility? It's how I, it's how I learned about you. Is how I, I was obsessed with. The structure of the show, the jokes on the show, how it worked, everyone involved in it. I, this was before IMDb. I researched who wrote on the show, looked them up to find where they were doing stuff. That's how I right. found you. And it's like, it was such a huge impact on me as just sort of professionally. Like what I needed to be doing in life was everything and everyone in that show. Right. And it was fun and it was campy. Yeah. You know, and it was unapologetic. And yeah. it's, you know. So you now, so you're the what? What are you of the four kids? I'm third. I'm third. So I'm like third. Any other gay? You could say third to youngest, third to oldest. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. No. 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 They're very boring. Very. Very. Boring. I know. I don't. Really you saw the gays. film. People. Yeah. People in the film question. They're like, oh, it doesn't seem like your siblings like that you converted. And I always have to tell people, no, they're just very boring. Like they don't talk. Yeah, they don't. They don't talk. They at have all. no. My mom and I suck up all the energy in the room. There's no words. So coming they out don't talk, but you're. Are they your nieces and your niece yeah, and they, nephew? They're, they're very adorable. loud. They're very loud. And adorable. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So here you are. You're growing up in, is is it's not St. Louis proper. It's outside St. Louis, yeah. Uh, but you have St. Louis to go see real people. Yeah, it's like okay. 30 minutes away. Okay. Were you, what, what was school like for you? I mean, for me, I had this weird balance of like, I knew I was gay, obviously. What? I knew something yeah, I knew something was up with me. But there was no and my family was really accepting and open to it and like I could be who I wanted to be, but I had no access to anybody else that was gay at right. all. And except for on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Right. And I remember school was fine for me. I was I excelled at school. I was doing great. I had friends, all these things, but I didn't have anyone gay. And so I called this group, like this number in the back of XY magazine. It was like an old gay male oh, yeah, youth I remember magazine. That. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And they had a number you could call in different cities to meet other gay kids and there's this youth group in St. Louis called Growing American Youth that was like so influential for me I called the number an older person who had belonged to the group previously but was like he answered phones for this phone line thing picked me up secretly took me to this group and I was able to meet other gay people how old were you? I was 13 yeah and and it was the most that is so it was the most influential thing that so he picked you up he in secret my mom couldn't know he picked me up in the How McDonald's I had some fries um he was in his twenties and now it and seems he didn't insane. try to touch your no balls. not at all okay. nothing I wish I was waiting for something all right to so happen. he picks you up but he picked me up he took me down there he and you weren't scared I actually I was a little scared because I was I had to go all the way downtown for it right and it was this whole thing but now. Looking back on it, it was just sort of like I just needed to see other gay people in real life and, and interact with right, them. Right. And that's all I needed to do. And I didn't even need to go back to the group. I just, just needed to, to know, see that they right. existed. Like when I, I, I've said this before too, but when I think of Edie Windsor yeah. and The Aspire, um, and I, you know, in 1967, Imagine. that she proposes yeah. that that in her head there is a remote possibility mm -hmm. that they will be married just like ever like i i mean growing up uh, never i yeah. never i thought no way yeah. that i'm going to have kids and then yeah. i'm you know and where were we on tv you know i it's, never even i remember as a kid thinking like well, I don't mind being alone. Like I, I, I get enough attention. Like, right, right, I'm, right. I'm a funny person. I get everything, and you'll be fine, and, and I'll be fine. That's right. literally what I thought. I'll just 
be fine. That's I I went through a period where I was because I I did I always knew I was gay and then. I, in college, I tried it with a guy. I fucking hated it so much. Did you just lay there? Pretty much. Yeah. I felt like I was being assaulted, even though I wasn't. Yeah. Um, but it was so Consented unnatural. Yeah. yeah. And it was with... <laughs> anyway, so... But that was just me, you know? And I was like, all right, I'll be fine. You know, I have a yeah. lot of friends. You yeah. know, I'll do, go out Isn't on the slide. How- and it's like, because you're thinking, how am I going to survive? Because I knew I wasn't going to have... I could never yeah. fake... Uh, America. No, like there was, there was no fucking way. There was There's no so way. many people. Well, you know how they like all these people are always like, yeah. Oh, well, um, she was married and they had kids, and then she turned into a lesbian. It's like, no, she didn't. She turn was always in. a yes. lesbian, but always. Yeah, and sure, there probably what, was genuine love there, right? But. Which, is, which takes that choice comment, like, yeah. why would people your, yes. your sexual preference? No. We don't prefer, and you know, fuck no, you. Like fuck anyone you. would choose this, you yeah. fucking piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You live with your father. Yeah. Well, years, moved in with my mother. Move at, in with your yeah. mother. So you move in with your mother. Your mother baptizes. You yeah. Your- so my, my, my siblings all got baptized before me and I delayed because I had so many questions. Right. And Shocking. Shocking. Right. Jew. And then finally she's just sort of 
you know, she gets frustrated and I just kind of did it for her. But what also helped was the missionary who was in my, which is also very gay, um, in my baptism thing, I was so attracted to him. He was the most beautiful specimen. And the idea of being in a bathtub with him holding me was like so Oh, that's hot. what they do? Yeah. They hold you. It's so strange. So like you're in sort of like a jacuzzi it's like a type mitzvah. thing. Kind of, but much more lower scale. Much right. more lower well, scale. Well, you know, we are The mikvah I had was like classy. Right. Very classy. I've Whereas, never been in a mikvah. You need to go in a mikvah. I know. I want to go. How have you not been in a mikvah? I know. I never. Is How that is ridiculous? That, that is, you could get sponsored by a mikvah. This I is want to. This is I should do a little documentary of me going in a mikvah for the first time. Who do you know that's any filmmakers? Right over there on the couch. Oh. She thinks your apartment's cute. Cozy. That's so cute. Cozy. cozy. <laughs> All right. No, the, the, the you're in this sort of like bathtub type thing with right, a jacuzzi right, right, right. in front of your whole family, jacuzzi. and there's a young, ripe, supplement, beautiful man holding you, the 20 year old, 18 year old holding you, and then there's an old dude who's an elder in the church. He's standing above you saying these prayers, and the the young guy dips you in. And when I was being dipped in, you have to wear this like white outfit sort of thing, right? Um, and nothing else. And all I could think about was that my head, the top of my head, was inches away from his penis and it was it was the most that's I would have been thinking. like did you have, you know like everyone can see my heart on now well that's what I worried about because I was going through puberty at the time and then when you get presented to your family you're wearing a white clingy thing oh, all of God, a sudden this is so fucking yeah weird. everyone sees it Wait, everyone sees it. you're in a like a white I, thing. it was like a white type robe type thing and I couldn't wear anything else and I don't know if that's customary if it was just me or if I decided to do that I don't remember that but when I get presented to my family it's just it's, it's, it's just you clung wet, to me. It's like yeah. a wet t-shirt Yeah, contest. with me thinking about the dude next to me's dick. Yeah, it's a moment. D- is he, was he gay? I don't know what happened to him. I we mean, I think maybe, and I think there's a lot of gay Mormons. Duh. A there's lot. a lot of gay everyone. Yes, everyone. Okay, so. So I get the baptized, and that's kind of the last Do you feel anything? Do you no, feel anything? I, I feel gayer. Does your mother, is she all like, oh, you're baptized? Yes, yeah. but that's all she wanted. She right. didn't care about my involvement in the church. She didn't care about if I went on a mission trip. She only and wanted me to be baptized. why do you think that? So were her parents Mormons? Yes. Oh, my, her parents were big Mormons in Missouri. They were very prominent Mormons. Okay, so yeah. this was all part of the brainwashing. Yes. Okay. In school, what's going on? Do you have friends? I have friends. You're... I kind of excel. I get student body president. I'm the what? funny one. I know. I'm the funny one. It's I... so interesting that... The guys have such a different experience. Well, I think there's two different types of gay people. There's the ones that excel to the point of covering up. So, like, they're the funny ones. They get all the things. They get all the shows because they are obnoxious, and they're kind of a caricature. I right. was definitely that. I was I was trying to hide being Fearless. anything real, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because I was that, people just kind of kept me around, but they didn't care about the personal side of me, if I was sad or if I was gay or if I was of dating anyone, well, they didn't yeah. care about any of that. Um, and then there's the other type of gays who go inward and who become shy and introverted and don't want the attention and they want to hide any semblance of them being found out. I was definitely the showy one. Well, there and there's also the ones that not only, there's the shy one and then there's the one who overly compensates yeah. and is overly hetero. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So. But then in college, I became the shy one. Right. Well, I, I sort of went inward then. You know, my son, my younger son, who, mm-hmm. as Elisa was like, is he the gigantic one? Yes. <laughs> Cute. Anyway. You're so cozy. She, uh, he, he's 6'8". Yes. Most popular kid. Of course. Funny, you know, yeah. and it's like, 
I, I, you know how many people have come up to me and been like, oh, he's so tall. Thank God he's a boy. I'm like, I'm standing right here, yeah. fuckhead. <laughs> yeah. But it's also- I'm 6'2". Right. Yeah. But it's also that- his like it's such a different experience, male. Yeah. You know, well, there's so much privilege associated right. with someone who's six eight and male. Right, I mean, and white. Look at the mayor of New York City. Right, and and Ugh. yet I know, and oh. yet for women, it's like thanks for bringing there's this down. something. Sorry, right. I had to I had to He's do a the plug worst there. Mayor ever. He really is. So growing up, yeah, you were obsessed with Jewish women. You were obsessed yes. with Barbara, with Bette. And with Nora Ephron, oh which is an interesting one because... Nora, well, because I be, I was a big reader and Nora Ephron's books were, especially Heartburn, was so influential to me. So influential. It was just How like, did you get a hold of all... I mean, was your school like... Diver, did you know any Jews well, growing up? No, none. I, well, I knew one. Who? It was uh, Stephen Edelman. Why are there always one Jew in these towns? There's always one and they're always named something like right. Edelman. Right. Um, but... Why he, was he there? Well, I, just because he just... His, he was, I don't know, but his my his at his bar mitzvah, he was the only bar mitzvah I ever went to. Right. And his my mom played a practical joke on me saying they circumcised the boy at the bar mitzvah. So uh, at so, oh, yeah. that's a funny one. Well, yeah. wait for it. So I went to the bar mitzvah and told everyone that Stephen's about to get circumcised, and then I freaked out because I didn't want to see Stephen get circumcised. And I went up to Mrs. Edelman and I was like, I can't see Steve get circumcised. She took me to a group of women around her age and she told me to say exactly what I had just told her to that women and it was the first time I killed everyone laughed but Every, did, but and I didn't know why you, in a, you weren't in on no, the show no until I got home and it was this weird did sensation did you fucking want to kill your mother yes of course but I also loved that I made these people laugh you know right, what I mean right of course like I, because you control the laughter exactly you know yeah. it, it's like oh I see how this works. And, and it, it kind of also taught me in retrospect that I have an ability to do that at least. Right. I don't know. I need, And I needed to hone it. Right. And, of course. Yeah. I yeah. mean, having that power, it's such a powerful it thing. It is such a the, powerful that, thing. It's, a lot of that is in my book. Yeah. How powerful it is. I can't wait for your book. Okay. So you, uh, you live with your mother. You graduate high school. Yeah. Do you go to college? Yes, I go to DePaul University. Right. And it was great. I mean, the whole my whole experience in Chicago was really just sort of I love Chicago. I love Chicago, but there. I had I had such a I hated college. I hated everything about Why? life. I just wanted to get through it, get done with it, move on. And what did you major in? A political science. And oh, uh, and I went into pol- I went into politics. You- oh yes. I Wait, stopped- I have yeah. the- well, you were worked on the Wesley Clark. Yeah, I did. Jew? Yes. Did yeah. you know that? Yes, Mother I did. Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, he would yes. have been the first sort of Jew, sort of Jewish yeah. president. He wasn't yeah. totally Jewish, right? But yeah. he was. But you yeah. know, we, uh, you know, I grew up. Oh, my he mother. used that too. Yeah. He used that to the Jew vote. Um, but yeah, I worked for Wesley Clark. I worked for Hillary Clinton. I worked for a bunch. And I moved to New York. Politics was what brought me to New York. I worked for Anthony Weiner. Yes, I know that. Yes. Um, that yeah. was another thing I was and like. And then I, I, I sort of like, left comedy and went back thing. into it after that. Okay, here's all I have to say about Anthony Weiner. Boy, great. Amazing, amazing politician. Amazing He would have done such any. good. He is a fucking waste. Yeah. He wasted all everything. of that. Everything. Literally. He would have fucking put Trump in it. I mean. Imagine him as mayor. Imagine him as mayor. He would have, without outside of the arrogance and everything that he fucked up, if you really just look at his policies right. and what he would have done as mayor, he would have gone down right. as one of the greatest New York City mayors. I agree. He totally would have. And he fucked it all up because he of male arrogance toxicity of his fucking cock, like yeah and his mother is like oh anthony you're oh. so perfect and he wanted you know that's yeah. what i'm telling you it's it's such and a waste one, it's such know, a waste because he's so, so he's so he is he is so good 
And that's what pisses me off. He was such a fucking, but he was arrogant. He was too. arrogant. You just say, arrogant. I have a problem. But he, I also think. And may- then with the kid in the bed. I know. What is, and she oh. stays with him. Oh. What is with the women staying with them? I mean, that is, yeah, that was a Clinton thing. Do you think Hillary told her to stay with I him? I think so. I think because I think during the campaign she was becoming too big of a story and she was just like keep this natural, keep this normal. Like it has to be, right? Do you right? think they're still friends Hillary and Oh, I'm um, sure. 100%. But the Clintons keep their people. I have to say the Clintons and the Clinton campaign it was just the most professional, nicest. Can I say like, something? I think Hillary really loves him. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's... I really do. You know, I think that she knows he's a fucking asshole. I think her father was a tough on her. I think, you know, but I think she's like, you're such an asshole, but I fucking love you. Well, and that's, you know? that's the thing too with marriages is like... You can't I, I go... Feel, away, right. You, if this, this, you can't just be like, oh, well, this person fucked me over, so I'm leaving them. Like, there's so much more to a relationship, I think. And we don't know the depth of their relationship. I really do think they love each other too. I do too. I've always thought that. Um, and I think he knows he's a dick. Sometimes. Are they fucking weekly? No, probably not. But no, but you know, it's like, you know, my neighbors, Marjorie and Cy. Yeah. <laughs> he's 10 years. Old. They probably will stop by at some point. Anyway, he's 10 years older than her. She's 87. She's 77. Well. She's like the hippest, coolest, like yeah. you can't. And he's like the grandfather on Willy Wonka. Oh, okay. Oh, I want to be him. And, and I'm like, Marge, like he's a slob. He listens to a transistor radio. I mean, he's out he of the He listens to a transistor yeah, Not anymore, but he he did when he was gambling. He's anyway, upgraded to a Motorola yeah, or something. Yeah. So, and, you know, my kids just, he's the great, you know, he's yeah. like their, their grandfather. Anyway, yeah. so I'm like, Marge. What were you thinking? Yeah. What? Like you're walking down the aisle. It's just love. And he's, she's like, I just, I never wanted to be bored. Yeah. And I don't think. It's so true. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it, it, relationships are so much more than just, I love you. I love you. Right, sex. right. You know, I know it's, people. Yeah, it's true. It's, they, it runs so much deeper and than you, that. And you hear and her talk a, They about, have a partnership, a, a professional right, partnership. Uh, right. And you hear her talk about him. And also, he was really supportive of her. Yeah. Like, when they called him to be on the Watergate, yeah. uh, one of the lawyers, he said, no. Her. He, her. And she's the one who did it. And right. he went to Arkansas. Right. To run unsuccessfully for right. Congress. Yeah. He was a good president. Yeah. I mean, and fuck, fuck that impeachment. It was two consensual <laughs> adults. And yeah. as a Jew, I have to say... Most women were like, oh, he likes a, a buxom Jew, you know? Oh, he likes a, and a, a full-figured like, girl. Oh, I, I like him even more. I, had- you know, when I find out that someone is into someone who has like, you know, they don't really care about the skinny the skinny right. ones, I'm always like, I like you more. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, makes, yeah, 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 it yeah. makes me feel pretty. But I, I have to say about Monica Lewinsky, um, what a <laughs> smart... She's turned out to be amazing. I just, you know, I feel bad... Did you ba- see her TED Talk? Yeah. And I feel bad that she, I think she... It's sad that she never had children. Yeah. And it was, I'm sure, because of this whole thing. Because she mm-hmm. really is a strong woman. Yeah. She really is. She's the first victim of internet culture. She right. really is. She and, and, and bu- internet bullying. Yep. yep. And she would have been a really good role model but for. I think she a, is. A, She's a, a good a example yeah. of. She is a great example of how to handle yourself right. after something and classy. like that. Yeah. And, Very cool. And. And, and she's good was, friends with Ian McKellen. Who knew? 
Yeah, they're very good I, I love her. They're Monica, can you do my podcast? I love you. We'll call yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, you should text her. You could, really? you could totally text Monica. I fucking love her. Yeah. I love her. Hey, everyone. You know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV. Because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra. That has a little green tea in it and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out. And what does that mean? Summer. Oh, God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them, and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. Okay, so you moved to, L- you moved yeah. to New York. You yes. work in politics. Yes. How and many years did you do that? And four, do you, how do you make four money years. doing that? You don't. You right. you get fired from jobs and then you move right. to the next job and you keep it's like so it's like comedy. Had, so, <laughs> I mean, uh, so you're working on a campaign, yeah, right? Yeah. And you uh you get money from the campaign. Yeah. And then they don't was, win. And yeah. you it's like bye. That's nice it. Nice work. It's like a show getting oh, yeah, canceled. I mean, I'm still yeah, it is. It right. is exa- it's it's very similar to comedy in that you're just so used to being fired at any second. Right. You know what I mean? You just know it's going to happen. Well, it's also like when, you know, I always say when I was on a sitcom and I'd see all these, you know, we'd go to rehearsal, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be the, like the rehearsal with the, with the network there. Yeah. And you'd see the network in the corner, like their suits on and everything, like whispering and yeah. looking. And I, I, I used to like after the network run through, I used to go like, do I need to pack my stuff up? You know, like, it, cause it, <laughs> even to this day, I always, I always think, think I'm, I'm on the verge. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, so um, and then work, I go back and then, well, I, I you work, work in politics, and then yeah. you decide to move to L.A. Is that well, correct? Well, so I, I I started in comedy. I left politics. I had a day job working for AIDS Walk, New York, Los Angeles. I would you know, help I used plan. to do. All I remember all those because I was around when you were doing a lot yeah, of them. Yeah, and I would, I would. I think that's when we first met. Was back I d- then. I I used to go to some of their. Tent yep, things and yep. perform. You, we, I definitely remember yes. all of that. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah that's when I, you know, when I think of. All right, this is going to be really. Is it dark? Unpopular, oh. but when I think of the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ community today, yes. and the fighting over the pronouns and this and yeah. that, and I think of going to a party mm-hmm. when I'm 24 and yeah. wondering if I'll ever see half of those guys again. You yeah. know, and going and 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 working at the AIDS walk and working at the AIDS ride and mm-hmm. going and performing for them while they're like, you know, while yeah. they're trying to ride across country, you know, it gets it fucking pisses me off. It fucking yeah. pisses me off. It pisses me off when gay men, young gay men don't wear condoms or think that they yeah. can just take prep. And it's like, fuck you. It was a plague, you motherfuckers. Yeah. And, you know, you take for granted mm-hmm. the fact that. Uh, you know, oh, we can get married. We can get. Well, the only reason why is because we had a plague, and and people were being, you know, uh, they were with, together for thirty years, and yeah. then the family who didn't talk to them for thirty years it, comes in and takes all their things and says, "You can't go to the funeral. Get out of this house. You have it nothing." Does you know, blow me away that we like, especially I think my generation, we're on that cusp of right. sort of like the sort of the post Matthew Shepard generation, right, 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 where we're on that cusp of living in a world where HIV is a, a treatable illness, but at the same time is also still a very scary virus. Right. And where we don't, we take for granted, it's sort of like we don't have, because everyone who came before us is basically dead. And Oh my God, the it, people that, it, I You can't. don't have that, there's a disconnect there. And I'm just, last week I was at a show and someone didn't know who Matthew Shepard was, a younger gay, he was 20, Six twenty-seven. He didn't know who Matthew Shepard was, which blew me away. How do you not How know, do you who know? Ma- you know? Do you want to know why? I, I, this is what I believe. You know, as a Jew, yeah. <laughs> our story is told from our parents yeah. and our parents' parents. And when you're gay, you're usually the only gay in yeah. your family. Yeah. And there's no one there unless you seek it out mm-hmm. to tell the story of our history. Yeah. They don't teach it in schools. They, you know, still shun us. They still think it's a, you know, people think you can be, it's a choice and yeah. you can be. And the fact that, you know, the, the dial, we, you know, art, my generation had to create our own families. Yeah. Right. And you talk about that in yeah. your, in your uh, latter day Jew, which is that, you know your your friend's mother. What's her name? The, uh, Colleen. Co- I, I, yeah. I just I want Colleen in my yeah. life. Colleen says, you know, we have, and and so does the rabbi. Yeah. The rabbi also says. Yeah. Rabbi Zach. Um. You know, we have our families we're born to. We have our families that we choose. Yeah. And you know, most of my generation had a chosen family because yeah. we couldn't be who we were with our right. And so and I think that's still that, very relevant right. today. And those are, those are the storytellers, but unless you seek them out, yeah. unless you say, what did you go through? What did yeah. you, you know? And because it's not like my mother well, going the Holocaust, the Holocaust, the Holocaust. The... Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> there is a, there is a disconnect within queer communities of people sharing. And I also think there's a disconnect with even older queer people because there's a lot of anger for the ignorance of the younger queer people. There's also people. a lot of anger because as you know, the lesbians, the women, uh, 
really who got us through HIV AIDS never get any credit. None. None. None whatsoever. And in 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 film. Yeah. Depicting it in didn't in, you have you plays. had Julia Roth? No, she was a doctor in Normal Heart. Right. So you don't even get that. It's so upsetting. Yeah. It really it we blows were, me away that we were the ones that were not afraid. Yeah. We would go in without masks on our face, and yeah. you know, and and we get. It's so upset. That is well, and also lesbians in general. Where I mean, you look at the Mattachine Society. Right. You look at so many different groups of like lesbians who they started. I mean, Barbara um, Billings is it Billing Billingsley Billings? Oh, she yeah, the, yeah, Barbara Billings. The American Psychiatric Association sitting right. next to the the doctor who had yeah. to wear a mask. Right. At the but before they decriminal or de uh, right. made it so that it wasn't a, a Barbara disease. Barbara Billingsley was on fucking Leave It to Beaver. Oh yeah, who's Bar? What's her name? Barbara Gilling Gilling. Regardless, can you, can you do something, Aliza, and look that up? You fucking yeah, sitting there Google with your cozy it. little cuteness. Yeah, <laughs> um, do something. Yeah, it it it's it's infuriating. Yeah. Um, okay. So and I'm such a history nerd that that is, and that's you also know, there's the a, Jewish you're going to love me. my book because I, can't wait. I do. You know, I do a lot about the press conferences during AIDS oh. and the way. Uh, like you know, the Reagan press conferences? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And Didn't say AIDS until 1987. Seven, 1987. How is that but possible? But when one of the journalists was, you know, saying, hey, what about this new... And they didn't even have a name for it yet. They're called like uh, gay-related yeah, immune yeah. deficiency. And, and they were like, oh, you got something to tell us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to see the transcripts. Yeah. There's fucking There's disgusting. audio of it, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah they're, where they're up. laughing. Yes, it's laughing. Ridic- yeah. And he brings it up again. And they're yeah. like, okay, what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, while Meanwhile, Rock Hudson's trying to get back right. into the United States and get drugs, and Nancy Reagan won't even take her right. phone call. And fuck he, that bitch. She, oh, fuck Sorry. her. Barbara Billings. Is that her name? No, no, no. no. The, other the gay one. one. The we gay know that. One. You're such a fuckhead. Get out. Okay, so you moved. She's the straight one in the room. I know. You moved to LA. You're done with yes, politics. I'm you done. Moved to LA. I'm You're done. Right. I'm gonna. And I'm gonna be famous. Okay. Not really. Um, I want to make a living. How old are you when you move there? Thirty. I just 30. turned thirty. And how? You know, the it story's within going. Two and, weeks. And within two weeks, you find out you have cancer. Yeah. Uh, well, I found out I had there was I had a pain in my groin and in my yep. testicles. Tell me and about it. Go, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> hey And I go to a doctor. I didn't have a doctor there. All my doctors were here. You know. Right. And uh, and then they it, within forty eight hours I had to have surgery to have it taken out because they were worried how quick it was how how big it was and then they confirmed your penis how big yeah. your penis uh huh I wish my thighs make that uh. look really small um and <laughs> then I had to have a surgery and then within so two was three it weeks in after your that testicle? yeah it was and within three weeks I started chemo and and there was no I know a lot of guys who've had testicular cancer and haven't had to have chemo, but so yeah, yours well, must have been. Mine was pretty, well, it was advanced and then it was moving fast and they just wanted to get it before it got into my lymph nodes. That was the big, that was the big so thing. So this is the one non-Jewish thing is that you yeah. went to the doctor and were I didn't, like, I didn't stress oh. about it for weeks. Yeah. yeah. And what, weren't like, oh my God. Oh no. I immediately, cause I didn't know what was going on, but I knew if I, if I wasn't able to work out, I was training for the New York marathon at that point. I Did wasn't you run able it? to no, because do I was. Do you want to see my pin? Oh, Go ahead. I do. Where is it? It's up there. I'll show you. Okay. Show me later. Um, but I, I wanted, I was training and I couldn't do anything. The pain was so bad. Right. And then it all happened 
real quick. And within those few weeks, I had to have a lot of my teeth pulled because I didn't, I hadn't gone to the dentist in a while. And oh, chemo fucks your teeth. Oh, that's not Jewish. Yeah. I know. No, you have twice a year. I know. I needed to, but I didn't have any money. I was so broke. And, uh, and but you know, health insurance is very important to the Jews. Yes. Yeah. I didn't. Well, I didn't have any then. And, yeah. Well, no, I did. I did through my company, but it was shit insurance. Okay. It basically. So was you go to the doctor. Yeah. They're like, oh, you have cancer. Right. Well, they didn't say that. They were very hesitant to call it that until they did the biopsy. And they then did the they biopsy. Said, Where were you yes. when you got the results? I was in Beverly. Oh, when I got the results, I, I remember I went to the doctor. I was at home with, I had, they did blood work, and then he called me at home because he initially thought it was like some STD. And I went to this gay doctor, and he was like, "Oh, it's probably." an STD and I'm like I haven't had sex in a while so I don't think it's an STD and he was insistent that it probably was and I felt like it was this gay doctor but I almost felt like I was getting like like discriminated against in right, a way. right 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 you know right. it felt it felt very strange because he wasn't listening to me oh and then he try called being me. a woman at the doctor's yeah, right? office yeah and he called me at home and he I could tell that he probably felt like my suspicion was right Right, the Jew in me. Right, I knew I knew what was up, and and he didn't acknowledge that. And then I turned out to be right. And then so he you where he called you. He called me and said that that I have. Um, All right, so let's do the phone call. Okay, I'll be you. Okay, uh, hello. So I we need to get you into the urologist Wait, very quickly. No, no, it was it really was. He didn't say hi. It's doctor so and so. Oh, he said hi. He All said right. hi. I I'm, I'm getting beginning. you're setting the scene. Okay, All right. Okay. Ring <laughs> okay, ring. Ringing. Hello. 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 This is Dr. Dickhead. Hey, Dr. Dickhead. How yes. are you? Oh, you know, doing well. I just, uh, we got your blood work back and uh -huh. we're going to need you to make an appointment with the urologist uh, very soon. And I then say, do I have a week? Can I, uh, I do, I'm traveling this do, week. Uh, oh, I have a gig. Uh, can I come in next week? I'm no, this can't wait. You need to get in tomorrow. And he made the appointment for tomorrow. And then I was at the urologist and then boom. I feel like I had no lines in this. Yeah. <laughs> I know this isn't a good, that call was not the best call in the world. All right, we'll the, do the another best, one. The we'll best scene to reenact was with the urologist. Because okay, the, all right, all right, all right. But you have to know, you have to know what happened at the, so the urologist was playing Adele's Someone Like You on a loop. Apparently one of the nurses was going through something and all, the, there was a lots of like penis related injuries that day apparently because it was packed. What kind they, of penis? I don't injuries. know, but there was no there was no like room Lorraine for me to wade into. I like, guess. All right. And so he takes me into his like wood paneled office. It was like something from Growing Pains, you know. Oh, it was like wow. the, yeah, the yeah, Doctor yeah, Seaver yeah. office, and he makes me take down my pants in his office. So he because he sees the X rays, but he just wants to feel it for himself. It was like a Hollywood casting couch. Wait, was and he gay? No, 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 no. He was very much not gay, uh -huh. and he just wants to feel it for himself. So I'm standing there with my pants around my ankles in this man's wood paneled office because there's no other examining rooms it was the strangest and all Wait, I'm you're thinking, in his office yeah and your pants are right and you're just standing there yeah with your dick hanging out yes and your balls yes the, the, the r.i.p because there's only one now but yes okay so then he went inside he felt my balls like you're standing there yeah so he's got a certificate on the wall all the certificate family photos messy, those folders up to okay. you know everywhere all it's right. very messy office okay and yeah. and i'm looking out over books yes and the windows open windows, and you're just standing there i'm just standing there literally he gets there's up a leather behind the desk yes He's, he's like, let me grab he's your He's about to go out. And okay. he's like, I just want to feel for myself. So I stand up from this leather chair I'm sitting in and pull my pants down. 
in this man's office. Like he had like, you know, Did Microsoft you get a hard office on? open. No, I okay. know. Cause I was thinking, I didn't know I needed surgery then. I thought maybe I could just start chemo and take care of it because I didn't want to have was surgery. Was it carpeted? And it was. Oh. It was carpeted. Okay. Yeah, it was UCLA. Oh, no, it was, um, it was uh, oh, God. Oh, what's the hospital there? Cedars. Cedars, thank Cedar you. Cedars, Yeah, Cedars. <laughs> okay. And so I, yeah, he told me, and then he said, you need to, we're going to schedule the surgery for Friday. This was like Wednesday, and I had a day to prepare. And I remember the first place I went was to Target. What? I went not to Jewish. Target. Not Jewish. I went to Target to no, sort of... No, you go to Neiman Marcus. I, didn't, I don't have You're Neiman money. Jewish. I don't it have Neiman matter. money. Once you get cancer, you go to the <laughs> fucking Barney's, you idiot. Okay. Not Jewish. Yeah. I went to Target because he told... Well, no. You know what? I went to Target because he told me I needed to have, like, loose-fitting clothes, and I didn't have any of my sweats or anything there. I had to go to Target to buy cancer clothes. What what are cancer clothes? Like sweats, you know, loose fitting yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't have any of that, so I and went and did bought you clothes. do? Who did you call after you got the cancer diagnosis? My mother. Uh-huh. That's a Jewish thing. Yeah. Yes. And she, what did she say? Uh, I I started crying. I don't know. Did I don't she remember. know immediately? Yeah, she knew immediately. It's yeah. so amazing, isn't yeah. it? Amazing. Yeah, she knew as soon as I gave her that call, and she heard my voice. She knew instantly something was wrong and the call lasted maybe a few seconds and i said i would just call her back i had to i couldn't talk and i went and i I got my car drove to target came home that night and we had a dinner because that was the last meal i could eat because i had to like fast for a day or something and uh yeah and yeah that's how it happened it was like it was the strangest it was out of body because it was one of those weird things where, like, I had never needed a surgery before that. I had never, I had no oh, health problems. Yeah, 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 I had yeah. nothing in my life that prepared me for something like that. And here I am, obsessively alone in a city that I don't live in. New York is my home, but I don't like. I, where and you had an apartment? I had an apartment here. Yeah. Where? I was no, in, no, in, in. Oh, in L.A. No, I didn't. I I was living with my. I would always stay with my friend's mother, Colleen, in the film. Um, I would stay with my best friend's mom whenever I visited L.A. Because she had a house in Hollywood. And how come she had a house in Hollywood? She just, that's where she Is raised where her she kids. Lived? Yeah, she oh, just lived okay. there. Yeah. yeah. And right. she would always, she was kind of the house for wayward gays. All of Matt's friends would I love come stay there sometimes. And I wound up staying there for years. Yeah. What's her last name? Colleen Azen. She's the best. Is she a J? No, she's not. But she, she, she basically J. is. I know. She's, but she's Catholic. But she, um, she, she's great. She really is. Uh, where was your apartment here? In East Village, East 4th and C. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was nice. I mean, I had, my room was five by 11. Like, okay. it was, it's cozy. It was cozy. Elisa Rosa right. would say in her fucking. No sink in the bathroom. It was one of those East Village apartments with no sink in the bathroom. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with H. Allen Scott. Make sure to tune in next week for the rest of our interview. That'll be part two. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing show. Five stars only, please. Thank you. I'll be traveling a lot soon. So if you're not based in New York City, listen up for some dates that might be near you. We're sold out for the live episode of Kill Me Now at Club Coming with the Bridget Everett on February 20th in New York City. But if there's any additional tickets available, watch my social media for more details. February 22nd, I'll be headed to Coachella Valley Rep in California. It's right by Palm Springs for a fundraiser with Bruce Valanche. March 6th, I'll be at Kent Stage in Kent, Ohio as part of the Rainbow Weekend. I'm gay. March 9th, I'll be at Rick Bronson's Comedy Club in Bloomington, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, Bloomington and Minnie, whatever. And on March 18th, I'll be 
uh, performing for Homo Comicus in New York, New York at Gotham Comedy Club. You can get tickets for all of these events at judygold.com. And a lot of exciting dates will be announced very soon. So stay up to date on all new dates. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, like a Jew. Get it? Jew Gold. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. And as we always say, so long! Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, for, let's just kill me. Oh, don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. No. no, no Judy Gold's Just Kill Me. Just, just Kill Me Now. <laughs>